You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. And welcome to episode 31 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me today are Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And Vicki Stokes. Hello. How is everyone doing this weekend? Great. Okay. Are you doing good? Yes, I just yeah. would like some rain. Rain, rain, come this way. Our weather uh, is beautiful. Uh, All no, right. We don't want rain up here in the great northeast because we've had record-breaking, just torrential downpours. People's basements getting flooded left and right. It's, I mean, to the point to the point where some of the communities are considered national disasters. Wow. Yeah, it's been that bad with the rain. Mm. I, I love rain. It could rain every day, and I'm happy. Every single day, and I would be happy. That's because you lived in Arizona for so long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's because I grew up in Oregon. But I'll tell you, if it, I, I love gray. Gray. I know Scott Wilsley and I have had talks about this. Because he needs the sun, but I love gray. It's like being in a cocoon, and I, I get so creative. My energy just goes sky high. I love those wow. gray days. That would make yeah. me sleepy. But <laughs> our weather has been wonderful. You know, we've gotten a, a cooling down at night. We had a, spirit, a period of time where it was hot at night. Um, but now it's dropping down to the 50s at night, and we hit like 90s in a day. Uh, see, now we had, I forget what, the, what they said on the weather, but it was something like eight days in a row where the low temperature did not drop below 70. Wow. It's Yikes. been really hot. The last couple of days have not been humid, but it's been warm. But right now I can feel the humidity um, getting high again because it's supposed to be starting tomorrow and into next week into the low 90s with high humidity again. Wow. And all I think of is, thank God I have a pool. Yeah. Well, it's it's hot and humid in Dallas right now. I mean, we're in the 90s, close. To, I think we hit 100 yesterday, but the humidity's only been in the 30s, the 30%. But the cicadas are out, and I love listening to the cicadas, and they're loud. You can barely ca- uh, carry on a conversation. Yeah. And I don't know, I just, yeah, it, that's exactly what it is. I love them. Uh, there was one the other night that landed on my hand, and oh, they're just, they're the core. Oh my gosh, those things are, are weird looking. You let it oh, touch they're you? The, Oh, oh gosh, yes! They're the coolest bugs. Actually, I do I, like I, bugs. Oh yeah, I, I do. I collected a couple of their little carcasses uh, <laughs> because I want to. No, I want to draw them. I want to. I thought them. it was They're a dry funny. leaf one time when I was a kid, and I, and I picked it up and I realized what it was. I screamed like somebody had burned me. No, <laughs> and I realized I how silly that was because it was dead. Oh, I think they're beautiful. They're beautiful. They have those big, big eyes, and their wings are just gorgeous. They're really nice subjects to draw. They scare me. They scare me. Because they're so strange. They look like an alien creature. Oh, you're so funny. (laughs) I think they're the cutest things. You know, in Maine, Maine, we never had them. The first cicada I ever saw was in Arizona. They had the desert cicadas. And then in uh, France, they call them um, La Cigale, and they have, they're in southern France, they have the cicadas. And then in here, they're not, in Texas, they don't think they have the 17-year cicadas. They basically, or maybe they do, but they come out every year. And what's really yeah. funny yeah. is that if you go, like, we have a wicker um, 
uh, set outside, you know, a table and chairs and stuff. And I was looking one day on the cushions, and there's these little skeletons, these carapaces. They when they when they come out of their hard skeleton, it's really eerie. It's like these little alien, you know, mm-hmm. exoskeletons everywhere. It's really kind of funny. No, yeah. I yeah. I've always liked bugs. I don't know. I've just maybe I should have been. I've always been a tomboy, so maybe that's entomologist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, they, they came out every year when um, in, in I lived in Tennessee, so they definitely weren't this, well, unless there are different generations coming up. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're uh, but they bring summer. I think it's definitely summer. Yeah, yeah. Hearing that, I knew it was the summer. Was was. was I would miss hearing them. Well, believe it or not, today's episode is not about bugs. <laughs> it is about doing everything on your iPad. A lot of people look at the iPad as strictly a consumption device, which I admit most of my use on the iPad is consumption, but you actually can produce and create things on your iPad. If you listen to Mark Greentree on Not Another Mac podcast, um, he spent a lot of time using his iPad as a production device. Now, he has gone the other way and he's back to using a MacBook Air. And if you listen to his episode, I think it was two episodes ago, and I don't know the number off the top of my head, but he explains why he went from the iPad back to the MacBook Air. But there are a lot of people that use their iPad 99.9% of the time. And one of those people is our own Suzette. It's true. I I was telling Elisa this morning um, that when I turned on my iMac. I had like seven updates. I haven't been on my iMac since our last podcast. So I use my iPad for everything. Absolutely everything. So I know, Suze, that you're in a little bit of a time crunch because you have another commitment. So what we're going to do this time is let Suze uh, share with us all of her app picks. And then when she leaves, Vicki and I will go on and share ours. So why don't you get started, Susan? Great, thanks. There's a lot of different things you can do, of course, on your iPad. Um, one of, I think I've talked about this in a previous um, podcast, but book designing. You can actually make books, um, and I've talked about Creative Book Builder, which is a really, really great uh, app. You can add video clips. Uh, you can add sound clips. You can basically design your pages. Um, So I'm not going to really get into book creator or creative book builder, but if you want to design, you know, really nice books, EPUB books on your iPad, those are two apps that I'm not, where I've covered them in the past, I won't uh, cover them this time, but it's just, they're fabulous apps for doing that. But as far as writing, I think Pages, of course, is the the app that I use a lot. Vicki has, going to be talking about Keynote a little bit later, but, um, Pages does allow um, you to have a few, it's a watered down, I would say, app from, you know, the ro- more robust application on the Mac and for the laptop, the you know, the OS. But there are other apps that augment what Pages has. So even though Pages has some templates that you can use, I really like designs for Pages. It's a two ninety nine app. Uh, it is... It's a hefty app. I will tell you, it takes a little while to download it. But what I really like about this app, and it's for the iPhone and the iPad, but because it takes up about 60 megabytes um, of space, I usually just have it on my iPad, is that you can basically 
Um, you can design uh, book covers, business cards, brochures, uh, CD and DVD covers, um, certificates, flyers. You can make invoices. They have posters, proposals, and they're very elegantly done. This is not a real crafty type of app. This is a very professional uh, app that I just absolutely think it's wonderful. So when you open up this app, it's pretty easy to use. You have categories, and and they have a lot of categories. If you're a, if you work in a restaurant, they have you know menu designs, of course, letters, labels, and when you scroll down through some of these designs, when you like one, then basically you tap on it, and that will bring it. When you you know you can send it to pages, then it it gives you. If you don't want to send it to Pages, if you want to send it to something else like Dropbox, you could, but you really don't have to. Go Just open it in Pages, and in the Pages app, if you have that loaded on your iPad or your iPhone, it will immediately go into Pages, so then you can customize that particular design. And then if you have, of course, AirPrint, you can always email it to yourself, but if you have AirPrint, then you can just print out that document. It's really, really a nice, nice-looking app, and I use it a lot. So that is one app that I think that if you want to, if you're using pages a lot, but you're kind of frustrated with the options for templates, try designs for pages. For $3, you get, you get a lot of bang for your buck with this particular app, and I really uh, use it a lot. The other app that, um, that I really like is, um, I'm trying to think what else I had on my list here. I have so many. <laughs> Is, as many of you know, I do a lot of photography, and I like to do um, a lot of, you know, drawing and painting on my app. And I'm always looking for interesting um, drawing apps. Now, Paper by 53 has pretty much taken, you know, the iPad by storm, but it has a lot of limitations for me. And that, you know is in itself is kind of frustrating. I mean, you can't change the opacity. You can't change, um, you know, the the uh, size of your particular tool that, that you're working on. But I found this um, really interesting free app called Flip Ink. And I saw that it was free, and I couldn't really believe that it was a free app. But it is a free app, and it's really well done. And it, like paper, when you open the app, it has different types of notebooks. So you just tap on a notebook and then it gives you free tools. So you can change your paint color, you can add a uh, camera snapshot, which you really can't do from paper by 53. Um, you can add text and of course it gives you sketching tools. And I was really pleasantly surprised with the resolution of this app and the fact that it has a lot of you know different colors. Yeah, it's pretty easy to use. It has uh, a, like a calligraphy pen, it has a marker, it has uh, a, a bigger Coptic marker, it has a watercolor brush that literally looks exactly like um, the paper, their one. And, uh, you know, it has a pencil and a crayon and, of course, an eraser. And I thought, you know, for a free app, that's pretty nice. You also have some pattern fills that you can fill in. Again, I, you know, you can't really adjust um, the size of the tool that much, but if you like the look of paper, but you don't want to pay, you know, about $7 for all the tools and another $2 for the color mixer, this is a fabulous option for you. So Flip Ink, it's a free app. 
Um, I'm, I've been playing with it all week. I really, really enjoy it. It's, uh, it's definitely worth being free. Um, Inkpad is another app that I really like to use a lot. It's a vector-based app. And if you are an illustrator and you're accustomed to Adobe Illustrator, this might, this might be a really nice app for you um, to do illustration work on your iDevice, on your iPad. It is iPad only. Uh, it's put out by uh, TapTrix and it, the, it, Steve Sprague was the one that um, designed brushes, the very, really first, you know, art app for the iOS devices. But this one really has a lot of wonderful features in it. Uh, if you're familiar with Illustrator, you're going to be able to do paths. You're going to be able to do gradient fills. You know, of course, add text, uh, layers. You can arrange your layers. You can arrange your paths. I really, really like this app a lot. Um, and the best thing about this app is that I found out through quite by accident, but I have used it quite frequently for that, is that you can basically take your fonts that you really like from your Mac and you can upload those to Dropbox and then you can download them to Inkpad. So if you want, if you have a particular funky app or font that you, excuse me, font that you like to use a lot, like I like some Foundry fonts that I buy, but you know, nobody offers those, of course, in some of these apps, but you can basically take that Foundry app, upload it to Dropbox, and then download it into Inkpad, and then use that in your work. So that's a really wonderful option as well. So Inkpad, it's $4.99 in the App Store. It's been out for a while, but it's a really great app. I really enjoy using that for um, illustration purposes. And it saves thing in, things in um, SVG, so you can you know, send that. You can send it up to uh, Dropbox to your work. So that's another app that if you want something that's more vector-based, then um, try Inkpad. There, there's a few vector-based apps in the App Store. But I think Inkpad um, is 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 a is a really strong one for drawing. Um, I have had a really hard time um, picking out my very favorite paint app, but it will have to be Procreate. They just keep updating this app and just making it stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, it's $4.99 in the App Store. It is an iPad-only app. It's one of the most beautiful, fluid apps that is available for the uh, iPad. It's probably my very favorite. The only thing I, th I would say, it doesn't give you that oil paint effect like Art Rage does. But it's so strong and so fluid, it's just a joy to draw and paint on your iPad. They, it's Savage Interactive uh, puts out this app. They do have an instructional manual uh, that you can download from um, and look into iBooks, and they just updated that. But what Procreate allows you to do is, again, work in lots of layers. Um, you have you know, your color pickers. You have different brushes. And what I like about this particular app besides the smudge tool, because I really love that, is that each brush that you have, you can um, customize it. 
So you can import grain from, you know, photos or a pro library. You can change the stroke. You can uh, change the shape of it. So you can make your own custom brushes and save those as presets. And the other thing that it has, it has sets of brushes. So like elements and charcoal, and they really do perform like charcoal. And they're only like 99 cents for six of them. And that's a great deal as well. But what I love about... Um, Procreate as well is that you are able to have your set your uh, opacity and your control the the size control on either side of the screen that you want and then you're also able with the palette you're able to customize your colors and save those in your in your ink wells so you don't have if you like a color you just can uh, tap and hold and bring it down to your ink well so that's the saved color. It's a very robust app. It's a really beautiful app. And the art that I've, the paintings that I've created with it, I've been very, very happy with. So take a look at Procreate. Um, great sketching app, great painting app. Take a look at some of the screenshots or go on their Flickr site and see what some of the amazing artists that have created such fantastic art with this, um, with this app. It's hard to believe it's really, they're done on an iPad, but they are. So it's a $4.99 app, well worth the price. I mean, when you consider how much Adobe Illustrator is and how much, uh, you know, um, I've just lost my train of thought here. Uh, I used to use it all the time. Paint, Corel Paint is, and for $5, you you get so much, uh, such a, such a uh, big, strong app. And then my final app is for making artifacts on your photo. So if you're not... If you don't feel, I always, my students always say, oh, I'm not creative. You know, I don't have a creative bone in my body. But Repix is an app that's quite interesting. Um, it's a free app. It does have in-app purchases. So what it allows you to do, it allows you, it gives you a certain amount of effects for free. And then you can get what's called a master's collection for $5.99, 6 bucks, and it unlocks everything. So you have frames, you have filters. But what I like about this particular app is that along the bottom, when you open up a photograph, uh, along the bottom you have like little, all I can think of, they're little styli. And each one of them does a different thing. Now, if one of these styli has a plus on it, that means it does two effects. So you click on the plus and it reverts over to another effect. So you, it's kind of like a two-in-one brush. So that's really nice. But they have um, paint daubs. They have, oh gosh, they have this beautiful desaturation brush that I absolutely love. It's a really nice app. It's it's very, it's high res as far as, you know, looking at on the screen. It works very well with a retinal display. I do think they need to make it a little bit higher res for uh, output. But I like the fact that um, they keep updating it. Uh, they have a great bokeh effect, which I love. Um, they just added some new brushes. And they, they have some really interesting effects. So you have an edger, you have uh, a daughter, which is kind of like a Liechtenstein... Um, look they have silk posturized they have vintage so you can really spend a lot of time working uh, on a photo and make it really artistic you know with uh, almost like a paint type of look 
they do have some samples that you can look at, and they also have some basic uh, instructions on how to use it. It's not really that hard, but I know that some people have been having a difficult time figuring out that plus sign with the stylus. And basically all that plus sign is doing is allowing you to access another, uh, a different brush within that particular stylus. So I think for a free app, it's worth downloading, trying it out, and if you like what it does to your photographs, then the Master's Collection, I purchased the Master's Collection when it first came out, and uh, I think it's definitely worth it. I think that was a good purchase. Um, so those are my apps, and I do do everything on my iPad. I pretty much write on it, I draw on it, I paint on it, I watch my TV shows on it. I have never, I, I don't know what I even do with a computer anymore. Everything is just about um, doing everything with apps. And what I like about, with especially the photo apps, is that you don't really need Photoshop anymore. You know, um, I don't have Photoshop Touch on my iPhone, but I do have it on my iPad. And I really, they've updated it enough so it's much more usable for me. And it does have enough Photoshop type effects that it's worth buying. But that's just the beginning. Between, you know, maybe setting a new canvas size and doing something into Photoshop Touch and then bringing it into Snapseed for some adjustments and then mashing it with all these different other apps and their effects, you can, you know, there's no... Um, going back anymore and I think Photoshop is uh, I don't know for me it's kind of taken a back seat I can do so much more interesting things on my iPad and with my images you know with the different apps so that's it for me hope you like some of the apps I've, I've chosen for you Sister Zay I have a question yeah um, what do you what do you do about inputs like keyboard and uh, did you use the built-in keyboard or an external keyboard or I use both. I have um, a Dexam Bluetooth keyboard in portfolio, and I, I use that quite a bit. The only thing, I, and I love that keyboard. I, it's, it's, I use it a lot. Um, it, I think it protects my iPad really well. The only criticism I have about it, if you want to take a photograph with that particular portfolio, you do get vignetting around the hole in the back to take if you want to take a photograph with your iPad, too. So I find that mentally, if I know that I'm going to be typing something, if I'm going to be writing something or using the keyboard, then I'll put my iPad in the portfolio to use that. Because I, I just think it's faster sometimes. And I really like the Dexam Bluetooth keyboard because it has iPad uh, keys. So if you want to quickly go to photos, you, you, you press a key, you go, you, it accesses your camera roll. If you want to go to the home screen, you press the home screen key. So I do like that part of it. But... Um, pretty much, I'm used to the touch, you know, the touch screen too. So I do use both. Yeah, I use Starlight too. Stylus, the correct stylus. Yes, uh, I, <laughs> I know. I always want to say styluses, but um, I love this the Sensu brush, which is a rubber tip stylus and a beautiful, intuitive, capacitive brush. Uh, that's one of my very favorites. I use the bamboo, uh, the Wacom bamboo stylus, an awful lot. Um, I use, um, I have, you know, just the regular, like a inexpensive sketchbook. Uh, it's by Pogo. I think it's Sketch Pro. I have that stylus. I'm not as fond as that, but I just keep, I always keep a stylus in my pocketbook because many times if I'm out and I'm bored, if I'm, if I'm uh, at a doctor's appointment or something, I'll pull out my iPhone and sketch, you know, on it. So 
and then I'll come home and, and just uh, bring it into my iPad. So those are pretty much my most favorite uh, stylus, I think. Styli. Are you the expert on the iPad? No, I'm not, oh no, I'm not an expert. It's just that I've, I, I've become so, it never leaves my side, literally. It's really pathetic. I, I have to force myself to go out and take a bike ride, you know, and get away from my iPad sometimes. But, you know, it's nice because I think, you know, with artists and with photographers, we're so used to buying equipment all the time or, pro, you know, programs or, you know, software to do stuff, do stuff, do stuff. And, you know, with artists, you're buying sketch, you know, you're buying sketch pads, you're buying paints, watercolor paints, you're buying pencils. But you don't you don't have to do that. You just throw your iPad um, you know, in your backpack or, or whatever. And what's really nice is you can do quick sketches or color studies on the spot. And then, you know, so I think, I think the iPad is just a tool and it's a great tool for artists because if you're out somewhere and you have your phone or your iPad, you can do a color study or a sketch and then bring that into the studio to make a bigger painting from that. Um, so I, I think that's, it's just a wonderful tool for artists. So that's it for me guys. Okay. Well, Thanks so much. And we know that you have another appointment you have to get to. So thanks again, Suze. And we will see you next time. Bye, Suze. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks for doing that. Take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So, Vicki, Suze took care of the photography side of using your, your iPad. What, uh, what kind of apps do you like to use? Well, I'm not a fully... Um, iPad person. I, I generally use it for the dreaded con- uh, content, content consumption. Um, but um, I, I, there have been instances when I couldn't bring my laptop with me, and I've had to access information off my uh, from my from my Mac to my iPad <clears throat> or my iPhone. And um, when you're making that transition to uh, iOS devices only, uh, you're going to need something to actually... I'm so sorry. Dog's walking past my door. And my dog is in my office. Okay, um, so you're going to need to make that transition from uh, your Mac to uh, iOS only. And during that time, you're going to probably want to access documents and files and even run... Um, um, uh, applications that are on your Mac, and the product I use is called Log Me In. It's for the iPhone, iPod Touch, and the iPad. That's a pro version, but uh, I use the free one because all I need is just the remote control functionality. What well, it allows you to access your home and all your work computer on the go. You can control it. Um, it brings up a little small screen. On uh, my iPad Mini, is not that great of a. Uh, View, but I imagine if you hook it to a display, it'll be easier to, to actually see what's going on. So um, I use it to access computer files, to uh, run applications on my Mac remotely, um, and even to fix my problems on my computer or even start my updates. Uh, uh, one time I was at work and I realized that they had a new... Um, Mac OS out, and I wanted to, ha- and it was taking forever to run, so I started it remotely. So when I came home, it was completely done. Um, oh, cool. That's not a, that's not something you that an iPad only person would have to worry about, which is a great thing. Um, 
because you know they automatically download stuff and you click a button and then you update. That's the beauty of the iOS devices. Uh, but the Macs are getting there gradually. You can also use the Pro version. The Pro version gives you, um, you, you automatically keep the remote control functionality. Um, subscription is like, um, in my opinion, a little high. $39.99 for six months, $29.99 for three months, and $19.99. It gives you uh, uh, multiple monitor support. Um, it allows you to start your sleeping computer. There's a, it's several different features that, um, that um, I'm sorry, you, you're automatically able to do that with just a remote control feature. What you get with the Pro version is you, you're able to do HD video and sound streaming um, from your um, uh, Pro-enabled computer. There's a cloud bank that uh, inter, inter, uh, uh, integrates with it so you can have to restore. Use cloud services or store file, file management services. Allows you to do remote printing and photos. And, uh, and that's a photo app for accessing your and transferring photos. And it's really easy to set up. You just download the free app onto your iOS device, create your login ID. Then you, you uh, go to the logme.com uh, website on your PC and download the logme software. After that, you're, you're ready. You can automatically connect. <clears throat> And access your um, your Mac. Um, that, uh, in terms of transitioning, um, that's that's like the baby steps you can take to make sure that you have everything you need. You don't have to. It, it, and that's it makes you worry free. Uh, you can go on a trip and just not even have to worry about having access to your uh, laptop. The only problem is, is if your laptop, um, if you close your laptop. Um, that could be a problem because um, it's, it's, it won't wake up on sleep like that. Um, you know, it's completely shut down in that regard. But I guess you can configure your laptop or your PC to um, uh, allow a remote uh, login. And, and that, would, that would enable it to wake up and do what it needs to do. Um, but uh, it's a good product. The free version is just for remote control. The Pro version uh, gives you just about everything you want to do um, from your PC itself, you know, with the, the video and the cloud service uh, access. I don't know if you really need that because um, we, we have apps on uh, uh, iOS devices that are just fine, but that's this is so you can access content, video content from your, uh, your, your Mac or your PC. Wow. Okay, that's a lot mm -hmm. going on there. Yeah. Okay, the app that I'm going to talk about now, I know we've talked about in the past, and I'm pretty sure you also use this, Vicki, but it's worth talking about again. It's called Downcast. Yeah. And what you use this for is rather than using iTunes to sync your podcasts, um, which personally, I like iTunes. I don't have a problem with it, though I know a lot of people do complain about it with it being bloated and so forth. I don't have that problem. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, it's not something that bothers me. Other people, it does, and that, that's okay. But rather than syncing your podcast to the Apple's podcast app, which is just horrible, or syncing it to the music app, if you don't have the podcast app installed, I use Downcast. With when you use Downcast, it's it's a it's a podcast catcher. It is a dollar ninety nine, and it works with both the iPhone and the iPad. 
And you do not need iTunes for this at all. It totally bypasses iTunes. And what you do is you put in, if you know the the URL of the podcast you want to listen to, you just enter it. Or you can do a search. And you can either subscribe or you can listen to one episode. You can stream the episode or you can download it. But the reason why I like Downcast the most is because I listen to about 30 different podcasts, some video and some audio. And I'm not a patient person. Plus, I don't have a lot of time to sit and listen or watch. And what I like best about Downcast is that you can listen at one and a half speed, two times speed, or three times speed. Most of the stuff I listen to or watch is at one and a half times. There's a lot of people that I follow that speak very, very slowly, which gets me a little crazy. So for those, I listen to at two times speed. And as long as you can understand what they're saying, it's totally fine. It's not exactly two times. So if it's an hour podcast, you don't get done in 30 minutes. Maybe it's closer to 40. But still, you, do, you can listen to a little bit quicker so that you know you can get on to the next podcast or get on to whatever it is that you have to do. But it, it's, it's, it's really a great app. There are little things sometimes that I do run into, such as if I listen to a podcast, say, on my iPhone, it doesn't always sync up with my iPad, as in if I finished it on my iPhone and I deleted it, it still shows up on my iPad. Or sometimes if I'm 30 minutes into it, it shows it as unplayed. It does happen sometimes. So sometimes the iCloud syncing isn't 100%, but most of the time it is. For example, if you subscribe to a new podcast on your iPad, the next time you open your iPhone, there it is. It shows up. Uh, with the episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, or just showing in your list of subscriptions, it will show up. Um, it's, 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 you can make smart playlists with it. You can, uh, you can read the show notes. If the, if the podcast has show notes listed, you can read the show notes. And if they have links in the show notes, if you click on the link, it will open up within the app, its own little web browser. So then you can, you can look and see what, you know, whatever they're, you know, the person's talking about, or, you know, if you want to, you can always open it in Safari or whatever, um, whatever browser you have installed on your, on your iPad or your iPhone. But it's, it's only $1.99. It's definitely worth it. Uh, A few times when I was having problems, I emailed the developer and he emailed me back immediately. And we went back and forth until we found out what the problem was. So he's very approachable, responds to emails right away. He listens to customer feedback and tries to incorporate it. Um, it has airplay support. It you can watch if you're listening. You can either listen or watch as it's downloading. It I've I've listened to it with Bluetooth uh, on a Bluetooth speaker. It's uh, it has gesture support. Has a sleep timer. It you can do password protected. Uh, one of the one of the podcasts that I watch is Screencast Online with Don McAllister which is a password protected podcast, you have to go through Don McAllister's website in order to, he gives you directions on how to, on how to do it, to get it into Downcast. But once, once you do it, which is pretty simple, no problem. Now everything downloads every week and I watch it through, through Downcast. So it's really, I haven't looked at any other podcaster, uh, podcatching apps because I like this one. It came highly recommended by a lot of other podcasters, and 
I'm glad I jumped in and spent the dollar ninety nine for it. Yeah, I use it too. Um, and I used the other one, which name escapes me for some reason. Um, anyway, um, Downcast is pretty cool. It's, it's the one I use the most. I haven't used it for Don McAllister's uh, screencast because I really enjoy watching that on my, on my laptop. Anyway, um, this next app uh, that I use, uh, I used it continuously in college when I was doing my uh, MBA program. Um, <clears throat> and that's Dropbox. It's everywhere. Just about every app has access to the Dropbox. Um, I use it to access documents um, from my Mac. And um, it's just a, um, if I saved it to, to Dropbox, you have access to any device that has uh, Dropbox. You can actually use the browser version, uh, but on the iOS device, I prefer to use the uh, app. You get two gigabytes of space free. Um, oh, just for those people who don't know what Dropbox is, it's where you can actually store, uh, it's a file management system, actually. You can uh, store it as a cloud uh, storage uh, service, and you can access files from any device, the computers, uh, and your iOS devices um, through the app or through the Dropbox website. And you get two gigabytes of space free when you first sign up, and then there's other ways you can get... Um, free space, uh, say if you Twitter something about Dropbox that gives you space. There's a bunch of different ways. You go to their website and you'll see. You can automatically save photos, videos, or even just regular files. You just set up your um, your application to just save automatically to Dropbox. Uh, you can share links to the different files that you have in Dropbox. I mean, that's the most important part of the whole thing. Um, in school, or, or it, say you want to share something with your family members, um, it's so easy. Just provide them that link and put it in the public public uh, shared folder, and wow, they got it. Or you can set it up to be a secure access. Um, it's really simple to do. And uh, for offline viewing, you can actually save files into a favorite location, and it'll sync automatically. And when you're not online, you have access to the same files. Um, it's really good. It's free, um, and uh, you can buy you can uh, buy more storage, but it's really easy to get free storage by just recommending somebody to use Dropbox or uh, a number of other ways. You go to their website and find out Dropbox. And we use it too to stay to, to store our uh, podcast files. Mm-hmm. I love Dropbox. Yep, use it all the time. One of the things I use Dropbox for is if I have a book or a PDF on my computer that I want to get onto my iPad, rather than try to transfer it through iTunes, because sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, yes, I, exactly. I throw it up in Dropbox, and then I open Dropbox on my iPad, and it will say Open In, and then I just click iBooks, and within seconds, it's done, rather than having yeah. to try to deal with iTunes, because like I said, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, or you, you, you try to figure out how to do it and then you put add and it doesn't add or it puts it in the wrong spot and you're like wait a minute what am I doing wrong it's like I don't think I'm doing this wrong so I just discovered if I put it in the Dropbox it's done and then I can delete it out of Dropbox because now it's on my iPad where it belongs in the proper the proper place whether yeah. it's iBooks or another application that I wanted to use so yeah especially for free I mean you cannot go wrong it's free you have nothing yeah. to lose yeah yeah yeah, it's an excellent file management uh, software. 
Yeah, it's it's great. And it's so much easier when you have to you know send somebody a large file. If you want to send mm-hmm. someone picture, instead of emailing like 10 pictures at a time, you can just put a photo album up. Maybe it's 200 megabytes of photos and you can just put it in the Dropbox and either give them a public link to it or you mm-hmm. can have a link. Like if, like Vicki, if you and I, you know, we have our three geeky ladies folder. So if I wanted to send pictures to you, I could just throw it in that folder instead of emailing it to you and you're going to have it in a couple of minutes and you've got it. And then you can look at them, download them, whatever. And like yeah. you said, that's how we share our files back and forth for the podcast. Yep. Which makes life so much easier. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the podcast, one of the things we use is Google Drive, uh, actually Google, for our, our show notes. And, uh, that, and so do a lot of podcasters. So when the Google Drive app came out, at first I went, yeah, okay, whatever. It didn't really excite me. But then I heard people talking about it, and I downloaded it, and it's actually really good. Uh, when, you download, when you download it, you sign into your Google account. And then what it has on there is on the left-hand side, it has my drive. And then it has all the different files that you have on your drive. And then it has shared with me, starred, recent. And anything that you've downloaded from the Google Drive that you want to keep on your iPad, you can put in the offline category. Plus, you can also upload files. So if I was, you know, sitting in my backyard and I would decide, um, you know, our next podcast is going to be, you know, about bugs that make Suzanne happy, I can just create a new document, get all the information into it and upload it to the Google, to Google website directly from my iPad. I can delete files. I can create files. I can do spreadsheets. Uh, like right now I'm on my drive. There's a plus sign. And what I can do is I can, it says I can create a new document, a new spreadsheet, a new folder, upload photos or videos, or I can use my camera to take a picture, which I would then upload to the drive. Um, If I go into the current show notes, which for some reason are not, okay, here we go. Now it's loaded. It shows all my notes. If Vicki was on right now and she started to type something on her end, I would see it as she's typing. It happened earlier when Suze was putting on some show notes, and I could see her typing as she was doing it. So it's instantaneous. It shows any comments that are on the page. It shows who's currently looking at the page. If I switch it to the view um, mode, I can edit it, delete, add, whatever I need to do. So I'm closing that up. I can also, like I said earlier, I can delete things. I can move it around. I can send the notes to somebody. So I was really pleased to see how much functionality this this app has. So it's the Google Drive. It's totally free, and it works in conjunction with the Google on your computer. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I, feel, I wanted I wanted to mention it in passing because we talked about Dropbox and Google Drive. I, uh, Apple has its own iCloud service, so if you have access to that already, or um, I have that, and I really don't use it. Uh, to its fullest because I think it's because I don't really uh, significantly do a lot of IRS uh, work um, but uh, it's 10 you get 10 gigabytes um, which is about $20 a year and uh, 20 gigabytes for $40 a year and 50 gigabytes for $100 a year um, but uh, not only do you have access to your files that you save into iCloud 
You also have access to the iCloud uh, uh, application services, which is Keynote um, Pages and uh, uh, the iWork software. Uh, it's Keynote Pages and what's the spreadsheet? It's Numbers. Numbers. Um, yeah, yeah. So you, you have, uh, you're able to view uh, Keynote documents or you can actually view PowerPoint. And let me, that, that segues me into my next app, which is Keynote. I used that extensively when I was in um, school. Um, and that is really funny because I don't use Keynote on my Mac. I use uh, PowerPoint on my Mac. But on my iOS device, I use Keynote because it's just wonderful on the iOS device. It does, the interface just sort of works really well there. I, I'm, I guess because on a Mac, on a PC, I'm used to using PowerPoint and I know how to do things. Whereas on an iOS device, I didn't have I didn't have PowerPoint, so I had to learn how to use it, and I still prefer to use it on the iOS device. But I would document, I would update uh, my presentations. Um, and what was great about it is that in the middle, we have a presentation in, in school, and I look and see an error, and I could quickly fix it and uh, send it back out to my uh, fellow um, project mates. And what was funny is that one time we were right standing up there, right in the middle of our presentation. And I was able to update my portion. And then when it came to my time, I put my laptop up there and all the corrections were there. And it was one of my uh, office, one of my project mates was sitting at her desk and she was trying to wave at me that she saw something wrong with it. And I just said, no, no problem. I can fix it. And I fixed it immediately. My, I had my Mac that I was using to do the presentation. So it was immediately updated and we got through the project and, you know, uh, the issue was resolved. Um, I really love Keynote on iOS, and I really love the iCloud interface, and I really need to start using it more because it's just seamless. Um, even the syncing from your music and stuff, uh, if you do it through iCloud, you can automatically download. I don't have. I, didn't, I just realized I didn't have Keynote on my on my iOS device um, because I hadn't used it in a while, and so. What did I do? I just downloaded it from iCloud. There it is again. And then I can delete it and it, uh, so they can free up space. Um, that is the one good thing about cloud services is that you don't need to, you, you can use it when you need to use it. You don't have to waste space on the device. And when you start saving stuff that way, it's just easy. You don't have to worry about managing the files on, your, on those devices. Uh, Keynote is $9.99. Um, I think you get a little bit, for just the app itself, um, I think you actually have to buy it. It doesn't come free, so if you don't have that, uh, you haven't purchased Keynote. I don't think you have access to the cloud service. Do you have, do you have Keynote or no? I've never yeah. had a use for it. Though I had I heard a rumor, and mm-hmm. again, this is just a rumor. I have no idea how much truth, if any, is there is to this. But I saw something earlier this week that said. Possibly when iOS 7 comes out in the fall, that they're mm-hmm. also going to be releasing keynote pages and numbers as free apps. And GarageBand. Yeah, Band, yeah, I think I saw that. GarageBand mm-hmm. and um, iMovie. Yeah. Now, yeah. I didn't, I just saw the headline, didn't really read about it. I have yeah. no idea. Well, we'll find out. If it's, if it's yeah, free, yeah. I'll download it. What the heck? Yeah. I just don't have a use for keynote personally. Yeah. I don't anymore. <laughs> I do have it though on my Mac. I have the iWork suite, uh, iWork 09. Yeah, the two. But I just, yeah. I've just, I've used Numbers a couple of times, but I've never really had a use for Keynote. 
I, I, I'm not impressed with numbers, but, but pages and keynotes are pretty good. Well, one of the things that I love to do um, with my iPad is watch movies and TV shows. I use Netflix constantly. I think Netflix on the iPad is so much better than watching on the computer. And I do watch on my computer, too. Uh, I'll watch on my, on my MacBook. The same thing goes with MLB. If I'm watching a game, even if it's just um, the game day as opposed to the actual game, so much better on the iPad than it is on the computer. Well, what I've been really getting into lately is HBO Go. Now, if you have, this is definitely more uh, a specific audience because obviously you have to have HBO on your, on your television in order to get it. And plus, your particular cable company has to allow it. Uh, for example, I also have Showtime and I downloaded the app, but we have Time Warner and Time Warner does not participate with the Showtime. I forget what they call it. Showtime, whatever they call it. <laughs> they don't, they don't do it. <laughs> Uh, so I have I have HBO Go, and I also have the one for Cinemax, but I, I never use Cinemax, so I don't watch it. But the HBO Go is, it got me all caught up on Game of Thrones. And what's nice is you can watch the day after the show is on. So like True Blood's on tomorrow night. So if I don't get to watch it tomorrow, I can watch it Monday on HBO Go. Or if I want to catch up on past seasons before I start watching the current, I can watch on HBO Go. With Game of Thrones, they had interactivity within – while you're watching it, there was also some interactive stuff going on, which I didn't do because I have a hard enough time following on Game of Thrones. So I really had to focus <laughs> when I was watching rather than do this interactivity. But it's really good. You can, you can go through and see the different movies and TV shows. And if it's something you go, gee, I really want to watch this movie, you can put it on your watch list, which is basically bookmarking it. So that one day when you say, hmm, what do I want to watch? You can just look at your watch list and go, oh, yeah, let me watch that movie. I forgot I already <laughs> had that bookmarked. So you can, um, like now I'm starting to watch the show called The Newsroom. Season two yeah. is coming back tomorrow. So I just finished watching season three. Or episode three yesterday, so I have a little bit to go, but I'm not worried about it. I'm not even going to DVR it because it's on mm -hmm. this, so I'll just watch yeah. it on my iPad, which is yeah. nicer because where my in my family room, if I watch TV at night, there's a glare from the lamp, from the overhead <laughs> light. So sometimes mm -hmm. at night it's tough seeing it, so I just watch it on my iPad. But when you look at this, um, you've got a section for movies. So you can look at either the featured movies, the movies from A to Z. You can check by genres. You can check by collections. Um, and there's, what did I, there's like an 80s collection. So you can watch what they have here, Blade Runner and Rambo. <laughs> They've got Magic <laughs> Magic Mike, the Dark, right, uh, the Dark Knight Rises. You can look at TV series. And there's some really good seasons. You know, Big Love, Boardwalk Empire, you can catch up mm -hmm. on. Um, Entourage. Yeah. Game of Thrones, In Treatment, which I highly recommend. If you haven't seen oh, In yes, Treatment, yes, yes, that's a really I good. Yeah. loved that show. That was mm -hmm. really good. I'm really sorry that you canceled it. I, I was really too. sorry. Yeah. That was a really good show. You know, The Newsroom, yeah. Oz. Oz is a tough one. We rented that show. My husband and I watched yeah. it. That's a tough show to watch because it takes place in prison, but mm -hmm. it's really good. So yeah, if you don't good. mind a lot of graphic nudity and a lot of graphic violence and language... If you can kind of put that aside, it's a really good show. I mean, it's one of these shows yeah. where it takes place in prison, but you're rooting for some of the bad guys. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's a it's, lot. It's, of, you know. 
it's quite elaborate. Yeah. Yeah, but that was a, that was a good show. You know, Sex and Sex in the yeah. City, Sopranos, Six Feet Under, which another good show. Six Feet Under, Six Feet Under had probably one of the best series finales I have ever seen. Did you see that? Yeah. Six Feet Under. I saw. I, I watched the whole series. series yeah. yeah, I just finished watching that earlier this year, and one. Yeah, of the I watched best. it. I watched it when it was actually. I watched it when it um, the, uh, it was on. So I followed it the entire time that the series was on. Yeah, and I enjoyed it to the very end. Yeah, the thing about yeah. it is that you gotta you have to have HBO. You be an HBO subscriber to have access to HBO Go. Yes, that's so, that is yeah, that yeah, is the yeah. drawback. But if you do yeah, have HBO, yeah. you should absolutely download this app because it is free and you just have access to pretty much I won't say everything that's on HBO but a lot of what's on HBO and especially the current stuff so you know if you keep saying what's this Game of Thrones everybody's talking about get on Mm -hmm. there and watch it we know True Blood why do people like True Blood you can get on there and watch it like I said plus some of the older shows like Entourage and Six Feet Under and so forth so HBO go you know if you look at the reviews the reviews aren't so great. A lot of people complain about crashing. I haven't had that problem. Mm-hmm. And the only thing you need to do is you do have to have a pass, a name and a password through your, your cable company. Yeah. Exactly. So, cause you do have to log in obviously. So they know that, you know, you do have HBO, but once you get past that, I love this app. I am, I watch yeah. it, you know, if, if I'm either using that or Netflix. Yeah, and the good thing about the iOS device, if you have an Apple TV, flip, there you go. You want mm-hmm. to stream it to your Apple TV. Uh, there are other apps like Netflix and Hulu Plus that run beautifully on the iPad. Um, my sister uses it quite often. Xfinity for Comcast uh, allows you to have access to some of the same stuff, but the HBO mm-hmm. Go app is better because it has. Some, you don't have to do this crazy searching for their series. Um, I think it's easier to access it to HBO Go than it is to any oh, yeah. other app. Other or if yeah. you do want to watch it live, I also have the Time Warner app. So if I decide I don't want to go in the family room and watch True Blood tomorrow night, I can just, I can be up in my, I can lay in bed with my iPad mm-hmm. and I can just yeah. watch the Time Warner app and I can watch True mm-hmm. Blood on HBO because I did that a lot with Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because I just didn't feel like yeah. getting up, you know, going into the family room or maybe, you know, my husband might have been watching football or, you know whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just said, I'll oh, just yeah. watch it on my iPad. And it looks so much better. Probably because we don't so- have an H- Yeah, Well, I think because we don't have an HD TV, we only have... Um, oh, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like and, I, I, and I have the iPad mini and this doesn't, that's not HD either. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't have the button display. It's not, you know, it's tracking. It's so small, but I never liked watching movies on iOS devices. If I use it, I use it to stream to my Apple TV and a bigger screen, you know. I like the feeling that I'm in a movie theater as, or oh, as close to a movie theater as possible. <laughs> yeah, and I'm totally fine watching on my iPad. Yeah, yeah that's, totally, that's great. Yeah. yeah, totally fine for me. Yeah. Okay, my next app is uh, Office Squared. One of the issues you may have if you use your iPad for accessing work documents or whatever um, is, you know, everybody uses Office. So you need to have an application that's going to let you work with Word, Excel, uh, documents. And that's all I used Office Square for, was for Word and Excel uh, documents. Um, mainly, um, as I said before, I didn't like numbers. Um, I don't know what it is about it, the app. I just have never been able to figure it out. And maybe because I've had so much experience with Excel, 
and that's my mom's more accountable itself. But um, I definitely needed to have something in my iOS device to um, to create, update, read Word and Excel docs. There's a lot of other applications that does it, but Office Square HD uh, does it. It's uh, uh, closely to the Office app as I've seen any. Um, it's seven ninety nine. As I said, it allows you to create, edit, and save Word docs on your iOS device. It allows you to do a lot of stuff that Google Docs doesn't do, <laughs> um, especially in Excel Docs, um, the Google Docs version of, of a spreadsheet. There's it's so limited. You can't do searches. You can't do a lot of stuff that you automatically do in Excel that um, doesn't make sense. And it should be something very simple, like being able to just edit the text in the cell without deleting the entire cell. Or I mean, that's the weirdest thing I've ever encountered in Google Docs. Uh, Office Square makes you feel as if you're using um, the Office Doc. Um, and it's cheaper than Office version of the product on a PC. Um, one of the things I really liked about it is that I could... We would turn on the uh, change tracking on our apps when we were sharing docs. And I could actually enable it on the Office Square so that when I made my changes, everybody saw my changes. I didn't change the doc, save it, and then everybody loses the fact that I made some changes. It, it's, it's, it's seamless. I had no issues uh, updating, creating, or or sharing any docs that I had that I created on my iOS device. And it's not always the case on your on your uh, Mac. You have to have the right version of Office. Well, sometimes you lose features and functionality in the docs. I never encountered it in an iOS version of Office Square. So $7.99, and it's really easy. If you know Office, you'll be able to easily use Office Square. Okay, so we're getting a little bit long, so I'm not going to really go into detail about the next couple of apps that I had listed, but one of them is called Blogsy. It's $4.99 for the iPad, and you can use that to upload uh, into WordPress or Blogger or whatever your your blog of choice is. I used it when I was at, uh, you and I were at Macworld. Yeah. I used Blogsy so that we could just upload content rather than sending it to someone back home and having them upload it, we could upload things immediately. So that's an option. There's also uh, something like Twisted Wave, which Mark Greentree swears by, that he uses to um, edit his podcast. You can do that on your iPad. There's PDF Expert, which I have. It's $9.99 on the iPad, and it's a great way to um, collect, your, collect your PDFs to store them in folders, to annotate, to, you know, do whatever you need to do with your PDFs. Does it allow you to edit? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so I got it when it was on sale for four ninety nine, but it's nine ninety nine normally. And that's that's a really that's a really good app. There's also if you like to do a lot of writing, if you don't want pages, there's there's IA Writer, there's drafts, there's um, so many different writing apps out there that you can use. And a lot of them have Dropbox with them. I know uh, I used IA Writer when I was at Macworld to take notes, and I would just throw everything up in Dropbox so that I wouldn't lose anything. So that was really good. Um, If you wanted to keep an online journal, there's Mac Journal, there's Day One, there's um, 
there's just I'm just looking through my iPad right now. There's just so many things out there. There's text. Uh, how do you pronounce this? Textilis, which is very popular that you mm-hmm. can use for for mm-hmm. writing. There's yeah. all the the different photography and drawing apps that Suzanne mentioned. There's card apps if you want to make cards. There's movie apps. There's there's just there's just so yeah. much out here for no matter what it is you want to do, you'll be able to do it. There's reader if you want to do for RS feeds or um, mm-hmm. Flipboard. So there is tons of stuff that you can do. So what we would like you to do is get in touch with us and let us know well, what you know, apps. One, one thing what? I wanted to mention. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, I didn't mention it before, but I saw this ad uh, on on TV about the Android. Or was it Android? Samsung, one of the pat, uh, competing tablets, mm-hmm. and they were indicating that you cannot use an SD card on your Mac, on your iOS device, and it's not quite true. Uh, you need to use a camera connection kit, but you can actually uh, access those files, and you can actually save files and uh, and and update files using a camera connection and the SD card reader. So there is a way to do it. Um, I suggest you go into uh, the internet and find out more details about it. But there are lots of ways you can do it. The only negative about the iOS device, actually, we should say, is that you cannot do have uh, multiple applications running at the same time side by side. So you get like as you do on your PC. You know, you can't have Word doc and uh, on the Excel document side by side and be working on both of them at the same time. You know, it, you can't see both apps, but you can flick back and forth. So, um, and I, I would imagine if you put it uh, connected to a screen, you could actually set it up so you can see both. But um, I haven't tried doing that because I'm not the iOS only person. So that's it. Well, based on what you just said, you can also access your um, your data from other computers with an app called Quick I/O. Yes, true. You can do that, and there's also for my Mac. Uh, just this past week, I reviewed a product called Appetop Y Reader DW09. I believe I'm doing this from memory, and it's basically uh, something that you put in your SD card into it or a flash drive, and mm-hmm. then you use your iPad or your iPhone to access those files. And then exactly. you can you can upload back to the, the hard drive or you can download onto your iOS device and you know go back and forth there. So there are there are options. I mean it may not be as seamless as a Samsung device, but there are ways around it. So it's not like it's a an all or nothing kind of a thing. Yeah, like you exactly. were saying. So we would like you, the listeners, to get in touch with us and let us know what apps you cannot live without on your iPad. You can get in touch with us at 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. All our information is there for Facebook, for Twitter, and for email. So we'd love to hear what apps you, uh, what apps you like to use that Vicki and Suzanne and I will end up downloading onto our iDevices. Yes. <laughs> so with that, I'd like to say thank you for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. Bye.
Or so it is never late, Frederick Beggins. What's the only? He arrives precisely when he means to. And usually listening to the Tech Fan Podcast with Tim Robertson and David Cohen, part of the Stoplight Network. <laughs>